Hello, everyone. For this episode, we are having one of our friends uh, who is in the military, Nathan Hager. Uh, just want to have a quick disclaimer from him to let you guys all know um, why he's here and uh, have some important information from you before we get started. Yeah. Hey, guys. My name is Nate Hager. I'm here tonight to sit down and talk with the boys on leadership. I just wanted to make it very clear that uh, I am here tonight talking with two of my best friends from college as I just started this podcast. Uh, and I am not by any means here to represent the military, the army, the Iowa Army National Guard, nor the government uh, at all. I am here on my own free time outside of work, just chilling with the boys and uh, sharing some of my experiences in my life. Uh, and again, not representing any part of the government. Thank you. We'll put this in the middle of the episode for those of you who skip ahead. Hope you don't, but uh, it's a great episode. Give it a listen and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, I'm Austin Ertham. And I'm Taylor Patton. And welcome to the Kitchen Table Podcast. We're here to motivate, educate, and relate to you guys sharing our stories to help you get 1% better in all areas of your life. Tonight, we're going to be talking about extreme ownership how can you take ownership for your actions and be accountable how can you be a leader for others and use that in your everyday life hoping to create some value for you guys tonight we got our second guest on the show nathan hager he's going to be here in a brief moment after we talk about a couple more things going on in our podcast life some sad news here number one it's not sad news it's it's kind of sad sure. number one whoop said no they said not right now Basically, they said not right now. We're going to go in asking for equity in the company. Taylor thinks I just want to have Whoop be a part of our podcast. Well, said, next time we go back to the negotiating table, we're asking for equity in the company. But you know what's great is Apple. Think about Apple. It got denied all the time. I'm still reading Steve Jobs' uh, autobiography. He got denied over and over and over for different deals and products and parts. And now Apple is the biggest company in the world. So is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is. It's the in the stock market it is that the biggest like net worth. I feel like any company, any big company you look at, just got continuously like, was told now. Yeah. So that's just just a real bug. It's it sucks because you hate here and no, and you you want it to be able to grow the podcast, but it's essentially like Taylor said, it's a not yet. I mean, sorry, you just have to like believe in yourself and know your value. Yeah, we're gonna continue to try to grow our audience um, and get better. That's why we're here, right? Exactly. So that's one piece of news. Another piece of news is Taylor's YouTube. We have officially a couple <laughs> couple videos that are uh, posted. We're, we're still way behind, but those of you, not very many of you, unfortunately, uh, put on the poll that I secretly put on that Taylor didn't know about. I didn't even know you could poll on Spotify, honestly. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. So those of you who said before Thanksgiving, you are wrong, or you're technically right. Um but one week, two weeks was a little closer. We got it rolling, so we're moving. So that's good. And yes, then, sir. Uh, I finally figured out YouTube and how to upload a video. You know, eight-year-olds make their own videos and you know, chat on their own. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, sometimes. We, we didn't have internet. Remember, we, yeah, didn't, have internet. we didn't have internet. And then, so it wouldn't upload for years. It literally said like 26 days at one point. To upload a video. <laughs> and so, like, I'm just in there, like, then, you know, 
technology got the best of me for three weeks. Right. I kept fighting. Now we're here. Eyes forward. Three, right? uh, three uploaded videos. Eyes forward when we're rolling. Eyes. Like, subscribe, comment. Let us know how we can make it better on YouTube. Also, thank you for the five reviews we got on Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate you guys helping what, us to grow our brand. What is our uh, YouTube, Austin? Great question. <laughs> that's that's above my pay grade. I just come up with the uh, the sheet. <laughs> I'm like I'm like the GM. You're more the CEO every day, every day to day life. <laughs> I think it's a kitchen table pod or something. Yes, sir. Yeah, see, I knew it. Yes, boom. It's just the kitchen table podcast. The kitchen table podcast. Was there spaces in there? Is all yes, sir. Okay. And Instagram is just kitchen table underscore Scott. Under, gosh, I can't talk to that. Under underscore pod. Yes, sir. See, I got it. I run that account hey, half the time. I would just like to say that you kept saying the kitchen table I did. You're underscore. Right. And I was like, no, it's just the, it's just kitchen table. That's why underscore. I threw that in there. That's why I threw that in there. But yeah, yeah. pretty soon. Go ahead. I'm just gonna say, yeah. Pretty soon we're gonna have like share Instagram followers. We're gonna be a business account on Instagram. It's gonna be great. Merch gonna be coming out for Christmas next year, not this year. Supply chain issues, you know. <laughs> COVID. COVID. <laughs> Big supply chain issues. Hey, yeah, yeah. If you're not getting ready for Christmas, get ready for Christmas now. That's right. Anyways, challenge last week. Eyes forward. How'd it go? Fantastic. You know, I think I think I mean, just together it was one of the best weeks. How many times this past week did we say eyes forward to each other? Every day. Literally five, five minutes before the podcast, right. we said it. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Yeah. Like you missed when we were looking at investments on Friday and you missed Sheila and then it tripled in value literally overnight. Yeah. And you're like eyes forward. I got a kid. It is what it is. I just like all you guys know I got it on Sheila. <laughs> Made that profit. Yeah. Good stuff. Anyways. Yeah. We hope you guys did well um, at the challenge, yeah. just like we did. Just we only take dubs on the side. Of the yeah, table. only dubs this time. No more, no more L's on the challenge. Uh, quote of the week. Let's talk about that. How about it's a long one. We're talking about ownership today. Nothing better than having the author of Extreme Ownership, which is a Navy SEAL book. In college, I actually had to watch a uh, movie series on it um, for the weight room for red shirt freshman lifting, and then uh, I also read the book. My mom got it for me for Christmas. Um, so Jocko Willink is the Jocko. owner of that. I've Nate never, probably knows of him very well. I've never read. I haven't read his book yet, but I've listened to. I can get it's at home. I can bring it to you. Stop also, the stream. dichotomy of leadership. Yeah, another great book. I'm gonna have to buy some books. Yeah, yeah Barnes and Noble is Taylor's favorite store. <laughs> Donate so Taylor can buy books. You know, this <laughs> yeah, is like Pat like, McAfee. They so do. I can, uh, so I can afford books. Yeah. <laughs> like, pay for my tuition, please. They do a, a book club. Pat McAfee and Ian Rogers. Really? Pretty cool. Gets a lot of people reading. I think that's great. Do you, yeah. do you guys have the pizza slices when you were younger? If you read, oh, yeah. You read so many pizza minutes. Hut. Yeah, from Pizza Hut. Never had that. But we, there, was a, there, was yeah. a li- there was a library challenge. Right? Like you uh, read okay. so many pages, you got a little prize, and it built into big, something bigger and bigger and bigger. Good. Mm. All right. So, quote. This is a good one. It's a little long, so stick with me here. Implementing extreme ownership requires checking your ego and operating with a high degree of humility, admitting mistakes, taking ownership, and develop, developing a plan to overcome challenges are integral to any successful team. Love the quote. So what does that mean to you, Austin? Hey, see, Nate's been listening. To me, 
that really talks about like I love how it says taking ownership and then it talks about ego and humility. Because a lot of people looking in from the outside, they think leaders have to always be right, have to always have their life in order. Whereas leaders make mistakes as well. If if you're in the army, navy, whatever, your mistakes can get somebody killed or yourself killed. So it's a it's a high degree. So we're learning that's that's just real life too. Like if you make a mistake and get in the wrong lane, like you could hit a car. Yeah, kill someone like. So I just think drinking and driving, you like, made that decision. Like, and absolutely, it's just, it's just real life like that. Like, when we talk about the challenge this week, I think it'll be a great. Um, Nate, just to let you know, you're going to come up with the challenge this week, so be prepared. Okay. Um, so try to make it go off this, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be a great addition to our weeks. Yeah. And how so, to take extreme ownership and think about like, it, because everybody makes mistakes every day. Yeah, we should probably let Nate introduce himself first, real quick. Oh, we're gonna we're, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. You we'll sure? That. Yeah, I don't know. Let's take a, <laughs> let's take our ad break, and then we'll come back with uh, Nate and let him know, let the world know who he is, et cetera, et cetera. All right, we're back after that wonderful ad break. Can't get enough of Taylor in that ad break. Love him. All right. Anyways, we're gonna inter- introduce our guest, longtime friend, recently married. And one of the youngest captains in the Iowa National Guard, Nathan Hager. Thank you for being here, Nate. How's it going, buddy? Thanks, boys. Great to have you. Thanks, boys, for inviting me on. Uh, Why don't you give us a little bit more background of who you are, where you're from, your journey um, to this day, and uh, maybe include kind of how you met us as well. Yeah. So I was born in Omaha. Raised in Sheraton, Iowa, just in uh, South Central Iowa. Grew up there, graduated from high school in 2014, where I went off to Wentworth Military Academy. Uh, From Wentworth Military Academy, I commissioned as a second lieutenant. After commissioning, I went on to the University of Northern Iowa, where I met these two yahoos. Now, two of my lifelong best friends. I'm proud to say that. And uh, I'm excited to see where their podcast goes in the future. Can only go up. <laughs> as, a, go, as a compliment, it could go down a little bit. Somewhere, you got it. One percent of the yeah, it could go down a little bit. You got to start somewhere. But uh, yeah, I became best friends with these guys at you and I. Uh, we had our ups and downs in college, um, and then after you and I, I went off on my first deployment. Came home. Was home for about a year. Uh, started talking to this beautiful girl that I asked for my girlfriend. And then before I deployed for a second time, I asked her to marry me. I just got back from my second deployment here a few months ago. I uh, just recently got married, as the boys said. So I've been spending my time with my beautiful wife and my little dog, Golden Retriever, named Jameson. Uh, and the boys like to come over and play with him and he likes to pee when yeah, he gets excited. yeah when he sees the guys yeah <laughs> he's excited only when he sees the boys uh so yeah uh met taylor and austin at you and i and just been excited to watch them grow over the last few years and i remember um so you actually lived in washington iowa for a little bit i did and i grew up in Kelowna, which is crazy because that's like 15 minutes apart. Yep. And then at you and I, we just happened to, we both just transferred and happened to meet each other, um, which is crazy because 
just like my fiance, we were so close, but never knew each other. It just shows how small the world it is. Truly, um, truly, truly. Which is pretty cool. Crazy we all transferred into you and I the same year. Yeah, all yeah. three of us ended up transferring, and yeah. uh, I was terrified when I transferred I, to you and I. I knew nobody. Uh, yeah, me I remember. <laughs> I remember meeting Taylor for the first time, and I literally thought about it. I, I talked about this on the first episode, but he liked soccer and played soccer. So then I was like, cool. This guy can be my friend. <laughs> I didn't care anything else about him. He could have been like the crazy psycho, and I still right. would have asked him to be like a friend. Hung out with him. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had, so I had Tristan when we transferred. Oh, Tristan that's right. To his first year, God bless Tristan. I, I knew. Him. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I knew him, and then I had other friends coming in. So, I mean, I feel like it was an easy transition. And, and to you and I in the St. Stephen's world. So, it was yeah. on like kind of a little bit of a different transition. I remember like Tristan was like, I don't know, a little shy, yeah, shy he was. shallow and that. So like, he was a freshman, he was shy. Right? So then like, I remember just taking him everywhere I went. And I was kind of like, I realized that like, I was like building him into a better person because at the end of that first semester, he like joined ballroom dance by himself. <laughs> and I was like, now that is like a man right there. I, I, I mean, I always want to learn how to dance, but I just never could take the time that, or like, had the balls or the cojones just to go dance the gumption yeah the gumption <laughs> yeah and that and so it just it wasn't me and but tristan was out there he loved it he enjoyed it so, and then tristan turned around and made us all into better man yeah. In the long yeah. yeah so a little story on nate here uh, about tristan so tristan you guys uh we've mentioned again before but we'll say it again tristan actually died in a uh, car accident coming back to um, cedar falls one winter um, being at a Knights of Columbus event, uh, which is a Catholic organization, the largest organization, um, basically, is it in the world or religious Catholic or religious organization in the world. I'm a knight. I should know the answer. I am too. Way. So so is Taylor. <laughs> Ron, I said I don't. I don't know the answer to that question. Well, you know what? We'll pass this on to our brother knights. Yeah. And uh, you guys can guys more. appreciate that. <laughs> but anyways, Nate. So Nate was deployed actually. Um, at the time of it and he literally flew home and flew back um, within 72 hours just to make the funeral and the wake and all that kind of stuff and see us for literally a brief moment and you can see you could tell there's actually two backgrounds here one when nate left was like you could tell that he was just bummed and super sad because relationships really matter to him and it sucked for him to go away again when we were all together, especially at a difficult time. Um, but he's like, he's one of the loyalest people you will ever hear, hear from, talk to, um, or get to know. And then when, when Nate and I actually lived together and when we moved in and I guess the rest of the boys too, he actually had the army, they do like a service thing and they fly, um, they flew um, flags. Fl flags around for around um, the base. For Tristan and Justin and basically Nate gave it to us it has a certificate um an American flag wrapped up in their honor um which is a really cool um gift to get to us and actually for Christmas what I told uh my fiance to get me is a case for it oh yeah so you can have the flag and then the um the certificate above it yep so then I can kind of have it in a little better setting instead of just sitting there but anyways um, that's a little bit of background 
on Nate. Yeah. Don't know if that. Yeah, I, like goodbyes suck. I don't <laughs> know why. Yeah, I was just thinking that he's even deployed twice. Just like saying goodbye suck. I when I left, like you and I, they move here. Like half the people I didn't even say goodbye to because I like don't think I like really felt like I could emotionally handle it. Yeah. Like I didn't want to like I didn't want to leave at that point. Like I was like I can just stay. Like I'll, I'll fix. I'll just go back to what I was doing. As a uh, as a leader, um, so let's before you go into that, let's talk about your um, journey in the military a little bit. So they, they have some background, and then I have a question that I want you to think about: is how you stay emotionally stable or don't look uh, distressed or unhappy or maybe too joyful, and you kind of keep your cool um, when you're at training or whatever um, event you guys are doing. Yeah. I can do that. So right now uh, in the Army, I do a lot of planning and I'm in charge of a few people, I guess you could say. And uh, I enjoy what I do. But I think to answer your question, the way you kind of keep your cool, keep your um, demeanor and maintain professionalism is in order to do it, you have to have a good work-life balance. I think you guys have talked about that before. But, you know, uh, when it comes down to it, you need to have those people in your life that you feel comfortable uh, talking to about what is drowning you, what is making you mentally drained, what is really weighing you down uh, for me that's my wife I tell my wife uh, anything and everything that's weighing me down but then you also have to realize how what works best for the people that work for you um, and I'm not perfect at it by no means am I gonna sit here and tell you that I'm the best leader in the world because I'm far from it. I learn more and more every day, and I try to make myself better at it every day. But a big piece of it is just being a person, showing that you have a heart, and taking the time to get to know your people. Sit there, take the time to get to know who you're surrounded by, and really dig into what motivates them. What is their why? You know, Taylor might wake up every morning and be energized, ready to take on the day with different reasons than Austin or than I. We all have our why, what charges us and what motivates us to go on day by day. And I think in order to be successful in that, you need to pour your time, energy into your people. And, uh, just be down to earth and really show them that you care. You don't always have to have a response for every single thing that's been said to you. You don't always have to uh, be the reason why somebody, well, I'll take that back. You don't always have to have the answer to everyone's problems. Some people just need you to sit there and listen. And by listening, they now feel like they got it off their chest. They might not have anybody to explain what's going on 
wrong in their lives, you might be that person. Um, some of us are blessed with friends and family that do care about us, but uh, over the last seven years, I've definitely met people who literally have no one but to the left and right of them um, in the service. And it's tough to see that, but it's reality. That's the world we live in. And really, I think it just comes down to showing them that you care. Uh, another thing for me is trusting in God. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I don't think Taylor Austin would be where they're at today without God. And I think if we wake up every morning and tell them that we owe it all to him, then uh, for me, that's something that recharges me and makes me want to conquer the day. Yeah, for sure. I really, I really reside with like knowing people's whys and that, especially like coming from like working at Woodward and working with juvenile delinquents and then like keeping them like in line or like helping them grow, definitely knowing their why and why they like, why they want to go home, where they want to like progress into who they want to become. And I like, you have to know that in order to kind of like, yeah, like keep their eyes forward, keep their eyes like working on the next thing. Instead, they're going to get caught up in someone calling them the B word or someone took their noodles or some little minor thing that like kills their day because it's all they know. It's just like the little, little possessions that they do have. And so like knowing their why and understanding like where they want to go and who they are is really like a huge part of leadership and really like getting people from where they are to where they want to be. Yeah. And, and when it comes down to it, uh, you may think your life has been the most miserable thing ever and nobody has had as miserable of a life as you. But what you really got to realize is how uh, you need to take, go home and take that humble pill and realize that somebody's always got it worse than you. And I think that's another reason why some people um, fail to take responsibility of how they're, life is ended up is they can't take a humble pill and realize what they need to maybe fix. Right. Like, yeah. Especially like blaming it on the world, like everything else around them. And that's, you find that a lot in like people these days, I feel like they just like everything else is like going wrong in their life. So they're going to blame everything else. They weren't growing up with this. They, their parents didn't have money. They don't have this car. They didn't go to this school. They, the grass is always green. Yeah. And that, so just like having, I, yeah, like having that ownership well, and that into, yeah, I, 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 I gotta say like, just like not playing the victim card. Like, yeah. And that when you take that, like you into considerability, like we talked about that a little bit last week with attitude and yeah. a couple points that I want to, I want to make about, I think this, I can see this really well. I hope the audience, um, I hope you guys can as well. And I, I know Taylor can for sure um, already too, but what part resided with Taylor was the motivation part. What, re what resides with me, and this is this shows what, what a great leader you are, Nate, is that what resided with me is that first you said that you have to have balance. You have to have reflection. You have to take the humble pill. So you're taking ownership right away, and then you're looking at other people's point of view. But what gets me is how much you have to reflect. Hey, what can I do better? How can I help these people? What situation are they in? type of deal, which is awesome because you hit Taylor, you hit me and we're totally different. Like you said, motivation wise, 
we're totally different people, mm. but yet you hit both of us. And that's, that's why it's so important. That's why people have elected you to different positions within the military that you're, you're in. Um, and taking ownership is super important. And actually the, the definition of ownership is taking initiative to bring about positive results. Everything you said there brings sort of a, some sort of positive result means not waiting for others to act and caring about the outcome as much as an owner of the company would or taking ownership shows that you can trust them and they can trust you to do its best. And if we're talking again about the military, if that doesn't happen, then the United States is not what it is today. Well, and by no means am I just trying to talk about the military specifically. I mean, Austin, you're a teacher. Taylor, you're at Woodward, basically a teacher at a different uh, degree, yeah. given the uh, oh, students yeah, that you part -time were dealt. But, uh, and my wife is also a teacher. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen in the teaching world um, how many bosses or supervisors, even at uh, grocery stores, how many bosses don't really care what's going on in your life. They just want the job to be done. And they fail to realize that if they would have just taken two minutes out of their day to see how um, their employee was doing and take the time to ask, hey, I've noticed your work as your work ethic has gone down. What's your why for being here? And yeah, sure, most people are going to say money. But you got another why. Maybe that why is I'm trying to pay for my college debt. I'm just trying to make ends meet to pay for my apartment. Oh, I'm saving up for a wedding. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. Let me that, tell you. That, <laughs> that's, that's really deep down the why, but I think in a lot of organizations, that's why uh, they don't get near the amount of work done per day that they expected to. And, I mean, look at our, look at our society right now. You can't, you can't go 10 feet without seeing a we are hiring sign and maybe it has somewhat to do with the society we're kind of slowly turning into and that's everything's owed to me and i shouldn't have to work for it mm -hmm. i'm not saying that's how everybody is by any means but uh, we do have to take that into accountability Definitely. sorry take that into account Yes. But you have accountability for yourself. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. We get what you're saying. That or like, you can also work for yourself a lot easier nowadays too. So leaving the workforce to drive Uber, to sell stuff on Amazon is a lot more accessible nowadays too as well. So then if you own a business, if you own a brick and mortar business, just having that culture, having that, like, I don't, I don't want to say like community and mm -hmm. that and is really just going to help you retain and bring in new people. And that like, yeah. if you don't have that, then people are just going to walk in and walk out. It's going to be a revolving door. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. I think what you were saying too, is like what we talked about last week with uh, Joe and uh, just how he keeps, uh, he keeps leadership and when at working at yeah, high V is yeah, and that so like you hit that great point just like this full circle i uh want to take a quick side note to 
say that I'm not here representing the army by any means. I'm here hanging out with my boys. I just happen to yeah, that's just, be in the military. Yeah. I am not here to speak on behalf of the military or any part of the government at all. I'm just here talking a little bit about some experiences that I've had hanging out with two of my best friends. Sorry. Right. Sorry. We, we probably should have clarified that um, yeah. to start with. Um, yeah. Nate, Nate's just here to, to give his wisdom, just like we're, we're trying to give our wisdom. Um, obviously he's had some different experiences than we've had in life um, and haven't had, um, can't talk about. So yeah. Um, Which is cool. Yeah. We're trying to, trying to bring in a new perspective. Um, also somebody who we enjoy spending time with. So good point on that, Nate. Um, okay. Going off the um, kind of people's whys, like we've been talking about when you are leading a group or um, are planning something, like you said, you're doing a lot of planning right now. How do you get people to not only understand what you're trying to get at, but embrace it. So their why can maybe be reached through their job a little bit. Right. So I think when you say embrace it, you maybe mean, how do I get their buy-in? Yes. Yes. Yep. So they're right. not just there. Oh, I, here I get done, go home. Right. So uh, a big thing that I try to do as a leader is uh, a get their why B make them understand my why, why we are doing this training, why I'm saying this is going to be done and also understand uh, what impact it has on a larger spectrum in the, in the grand scheme of things. What is the actual reason why we have to conduct this training? So, yeah, I want to know your why on why you're here, but I owe you the why on why we are training on whatever we're training or doing whatever we're doing. I don't necessarily always owe them a why, technically, but uh, I try to live by... I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. I I think yeah. that's something every person that's in charge of anybody should live by. You know, I'm not going to tell you, hey, uh, go pick up those 100 pounds of bricks and move them to that side of the street if I'm not willing to do it myself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're not always going to be able to show them that you're willing to do it yourself but or already have it done it yeah and that's the other thing you know is a lot of times we may have already done it and then these new people don't know that we've already done mm -hmm. it but um they gotta trust trust that you're doing the right thing right so the way i get people's buy-in i would say is asking them their why providing them their why showing sh providing them the why uh showing them that uh i genuinely care and Praising in public, criticizing in private. Uh, I think that goes a long way with people. You know, I've been criticized more times than I can count, and I will be in the future as well. Uh, nobody's perfect, right. and we're all far from it. But, yeah, I think the way you get – I don't want to say – the way you get your subordinates buy-in is just showing them that they care and that there is – showing them – what that end goal is. So before the podcast, I said, Hey boys, what's our end goal? What's our end state tonight? Mm -hmm. And they provided that to me and I needed that in order to come here. I didn't want to be flying off my seat. So 
Uh, yeah, I think just telling your subordinates um, the end goal, what the vision is, really will drive them to get it. And it has to be clear, you know, task and purpose. You provide task and purpose, people are going to do a heck of a lot of things for you. But they need to know the task and the purpose of doing that task. Uh, Jocko Willink, got to give it all to him. He talks about that all sorts of times. David Goggins, uh, he also will preach on that. But task and purpose, once they know that, they will go on to do great things. That'll kind of that also kind of empower them as well. I feel like that that purpose really helps them. Okay, I have a purpose here. Right. And then they have more of a say. It's not like and it's not you above them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And with that empowerment, um, hey Jocko, hope you hear this. Uh, comes <laughs> decentralized command, right? Quotes in the air. Command. Uh, you have to be able to disseminate down as far as possible amongst your subordinates um, the power uh, you give them more freedom, more leash, more left and right limits. Uh, they will go on to do great things other than micromanaging. You know, that never, ever works. Mm -hmm. Rarely does micromanaging work or rarely is it needed. You have to really give me a reason to need to micromanage. But um, just decentralized leadership. So passing that down to your lowest person that's still in charge of people. Um, and that's, I, honestly, you don't have to be in charge of anybody. Mm -hmm. You can be in charge of yourself. Yeah, exactly. But just showing like, hey, I trust you as a subject matter expert to go get things done. And I'm going to do that until you give me a reason not to. Yeah. yeah. That's what, think about, I mean, in your experience, think about the military as one of the greatest, um, it's not a company, but you know what I mean? Like, think of, you think of organization. Yeah, but. Like organization the, yeah and google does the same thing they decentralize their leaders um ever since steve jobs has kind of left apple's done the same thing uh, we've been mm -hmm. i've been into a lot of stocks lately so i've been reading on this kind of stuff yeah. and it's cool to see how how much better it really is yeah. like in terms of a organization it's just a lot cleaner yeah um another kind of big question i have for you in terms of um earlier you talked about reflection in yourself because um, it starts with you going on to um, everybody else, right? So how do you, one, plan for obstacles along the way? And two, how do you share that purpose with everybody or plan or, un, um, or unplanned obstacles, et cetera, to get everybody on the same page? Right. No, no plan is absolutely flawless, no matter how great you think you are, because you're probably not just like me. Um I think a big part of leading is expectation management. And it's not just making sure your subordinates <clears throat> have expectation management, but I think it's having expectation management within yourself. If you are planning something on your own, you're absolutely wrong. You should be bouncing ideas off of other people. Uh, maybe you don't have as clear of an intent as you want. Maybe you need to ask your boss. We all work for somebody, right? Maybe you need to ask your boss for a clearer intent. 
but really it's just comes down to expectation management. If you can manage your own expectations and manage your subordinates expectations, it kind of helps uh, as you go along the way and run into hiccups along the road. So, you know, uh, just really making sure that your subordinates know there's going to be bumps on the road, but it's how you're going to persevere past those as you come along. All right, Nate, I got one more question for you. Then I'm going to let Taylor take over here. Um, a little bit more in-depth in question on the reflection here. How do you know that you and your soldiers are making progress towards that goal or plan? great question i wouldn't say it's just uh when you have troops but in any scenario i used to be a uh, city pool manager down in sheraton i had 30 lifeguards that worked for me that were ages like 15 to 22 so trying to manage 15 year olds can be a very challenging weird task hectic yes interesting is a better word (laughs) so how do i tell that we're making progress i think it's a pretty broad question i think uh could be applied in a lot of ways but um just based on the scenario that you have at hand but i'd say a are we reaching the end state or the vision that we said we had at the beginning of the year, the beginning of the pool season. Are we reaching the end state that we had? We were going to be the cleanest, friendliest, and uh, hardworking lifeguards that summer compared to all of the surrounding towns, for instance. Uh, So how do we measure where we're at along the way? I'd say A, is the plan that we put in place working? If not, have we made adjustments that uh, are needed? And when whoever's in charge is making that observation of what progress they're making, they also need to take into account My perception is, hey, we're doing great. Your perception is, man, uh, we're doing okay, but I think we could do better in these areas in order to reach that end goal that we had in mind. Your perception is, hey, we just suck, and there's going to be no changing your mind at all. Because you're going to have people like that, whether you like it or not. Right. So now it's finding the in-between. And, uh, yep, I think we're doing great. My boss thinks we're doing great. You think, hey, I think we can make some changes. My boss says, hey, there's always room for improvement because there is. Mm -hmm. And, heck, maybe your plan was good, but some ideas you have would make the the original plan great. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the way you figure that out is by getting a feel. What's the pulse of the organization like? Um, and maybe having those sidebar conversations of, Hey, I think we're here. What do you think? Well, I think we could do better in these areas. And then I take a deeper look into those areas like, Oh, Hey, I think he's onto something. And I make adjustments as we go. Uh, 
I pull over, pull off Taylor, and I'm like, hey, how can we make this place better? He just says there's no hope. So, okay. <laughs> I'm a lost ship out here. No, and that's that's going to happen in a lot of places you go that's going to happen. So now it's just uh, making sure that you are not being so toxic that you're weighing down the rest of the organization. <laughs> because if you are, it might be time to uh, find something that you're better at. And I might have to take a look at that. I'm like, hey, but you're not great at lifeguarding, <laughs> but you are great at talking to people. So maybe I need to put you at the front desk and you would rather talk to, to people all day and welcome them in than sit in the stand and see that kid do a, a head first dive into the pool when you told him a million times not to. And now you just hate the place. For sure. <laughs> so now you're getting grumpy and parents don't like it. Yeah. But uh, another way, another thing to think about when you are assessing where you're at and uh, how your plan is going is... Um, We've already talked about getting a pulse of the organization, reflecting on where we're at. And now it's time to say, all right, yep, our plan's great. We've made some adjustments. Now, how can we make it the plan or our work ethic even better, even if it's 1%? Love it. I like that correlation. Right. right. It doesn't have to be we're the greatest, but hey, maybe we can get 1% better today. And then we get the buy-in of Taylor. Now he's at the front desk. And he's like, yeah, actually, I do kind of want to make this a little bit better. And you can visually see that it got better right there, too. Right. Absolutely. So I think a lot of it is, can you visually see? Everybody wants physical things. They want a physical, they want something physical to look at that says, yeah, this is getting way better. But that's not always the instance. And that's not just going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. So, yep, everybody wants something physically done visually that yeah we're way better it's not always going to be the case yeah maybe our numbers are going through the roof we don't see numbers i take a few days off i don't see everything mm-hmm. you take a few days off you don't see everything taylor's been sitting at the front desk now for three weeks and we have way more people coming because of how nice he's been killing them with kindness and that's spreading so things are slowly getting better through that so visually uh, statistically, and then lastly, which I think this part is the most important, is how's the morale? How is the overall climate of the organization that we are working in? Has it gotten better? Has Is everybody happy to come to work now? Is everybody happy with their life, what they're doing? Uh, are they generally happy with not only their leadership, but their peers. Is everybody getting along? Have we sorted out our differences? And I think if people are happy when they come to work, you guys have heard this, so as all of our listeners, but if you're happy when you're coming to work, you're not going to feel like you're working at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the last way we can really see progress is um, through the overall mentality, overall um this this is a big word in the army uh it's not this is not a big word but to you guys it might be esprit de corps you guys heard that before nope them down so esprit de corps is how is the overall um 
Mood. As we said, morale, mood. You can say the environment. If we have high esprit de corps, we have very modern, good chemistry. Good chemistry. Okay. I'm losing my. I'm waiting for the ball to drop. Right. Here. I'm lo- I'm losing my train of thought. If we have great esprit de corps, that means we have great camaraderie. Camaraderie. That's the word I was looking camaraderie. for. So. If we have camaraderie within the organization now, guess what? Other people want to join the organization. Mm-hmm. And now if other people join the organization, look what we can do. Look how many more things we can accomplish just because you're this outsider looking in at how happy everybody is at their workplace. And you're like, man, I want to be a part of that team. I want to be with the people that are happy with where they're at. I want to step out of my comfort zone. I've never been a lifeguard before. But all these people seem super happy, so I want to go try to be with them. And guess what? If camaraderie and the esprit de corps is great, tight-knit, we're going to bring you in and treat you no different than any other outsider. And I think that's how, to get back to your question, you can really see if your plan is working and if – you're getting better as you go along is the overall camaraderie of the organization. I hope that makes sense. Sorry. That was a yeah. That was a great answer. Tangent. That was a really good answer. Actually. What's your question again for the audience? Just- so my question was, how do you know that you're, so we talked a lot about reflection and ownership. How do you know that your plan that you've explained to everybody else is making progress or you're getting towards that purpose that you wanted to give them and yourself? Right. right. And last thing, Austin said ownership, and it made me realize I need to probably mention one other thing that's in the back of my head is if your plan sucks and you're the one that was the head of leading that planning team, you need to, once again, take that humble pill and realize you messed up and realize that it's not the team's fault that your plan, it may not be the team's fault that your plan is not the best. It might be yours. Maybe you've just been rude and obnoxious and micromanaging the whole time and you didn't even realize it because nobody, everybody was scared to come and tell you. So I think the last part is, yes, you need to have the mental capacity to take a step back and realize, hey, I need to make some of my own internal adjustments and get back on the right track because uh, a lot of us do want to pass the blame. And it's really tough to raise your hand and say, hey, I messed up and I want to do better. How can I do better? Like, yeah, especially when you get to that point in your life, you're going to be undefeated. Like, you keep, like none's going to like, like really like move you too much. Because you're like, it's all on you. It's your fault. Even if your team sucks. and that If your team sucks, you suck. Generally, if your team sucks, you suck. Not yeah. always, but. <laughs> like, it's still like your fault at the end of the day. Yes. If you're, if you're leading the team, it's still your fault. And that, um, what was it, like Steph Curry the other day, like he had a really bad game. It was the first game of the season or something like that. And he comes back and his quote was like, yeah, I sucked. And that, that was like huge. And that, just to see like that quote. That he took that ownership, but like he sucked. It wasn't anyone else's fault. 
wasn't the crowd wasn't in it or like he had a bad warm up or anything like that and he's just like I well, suck like it's all right like I mean we got 72 whatever odd games we got left to go in. if you if you put the ownership on yourself and everybody thinks hey I wasn't good enough today I need to be better tomorrow everybody gets better if you you think that if everybody on the team thinks that they're a leader and takes ownership for their mm-hmm. actions yeah. the whole organization gets better because yeah. everybody yeah. has that drive that they want to get better hey I wasn't good enough today I'm the leader of the team. Six man says the same thing. The lowest person on the janitor says, hey, uniforms didn't look cool enough tonight for you guys. They weren't clean enough. Right. I didn't get the shoes, the, the ball boy. I didn't get the basketballs out early enough. Right, I wasn't prepared. I can be better type of deal. So taking that extreme ownership makes a big difference. Yeah. Which goes back into that decentralized community, yeah. community leadership. Yeah. And that, because, yeah, when you get to that point, then it's like on them. It's like their ownership, their leadership. Mm-hmm. That steers their shit. Oh, that was cute. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and with being a leader, uh, back to my city pool manager days, as a leader, you have to be uh, able to sit down and have those tough conversations of, hey, Taylor. You know, you've been late to work three times in the last week, and every time you're late, you tell me, well, so-and-so didn't pick me up. Well, my mom didn't have my swim trunks dry for me to wear to work, or my phone alarm didn't go off. No, it's not because your phone alarm didn't go off. It's because you didn't set your alarm, and that's why you were late. You need to be able as a leader to sit down and have those tough conversations of, hey, uh, it's time to grow up and start taking accountability of your own actions. And if you cannot do that, maybe it's time for you to find a new job. And uh, that's a really tough part of being in charge anywhere you're at. Right. When a principal has to sit down a teacher and say, Hey, uh, your scores in your class have been terrible, and uh, I've noticed that you are late to work every day and you leave early every day. It's time to sit down. Why are you late? Why are you leaving early? Is there something bigger going on? But at the end of the day, you have to be willing and able to sit down and sort out those tough conversations Mm -hmm. because they have to happen, and a lot of bosses in this world are not willing to take five minutes and sit down and have those tough conversations, figure out what's going on and drive on. Right. Which is crazy because as a boss, one, you should have ownership for sure. Right. Cause you're supposedly so-called running the place. So you should want to have those conversations because you want the organization to be better. Yeah. So you need to be able to have those conversations. And two, anybody can take ownership. You can be five years old and take ownership. It does not matter if you're, I mean, as long as you have a brain and can think. I think at some age we got to give some slack. Yeah, but yeah. Yes, but. A five-year-old. To an extent, you, though. Why'd you throw all your toys on the <laughs> yeah. and not pick them but up? But then, it, then it just, that's just a teaching point as a parent. Yeah, like, I mean, yes, you're going to have those, like a, but. You, at some point, the, fi- the five-year-old has some accountability they can say. Yep. Hey, I, I didn't finish my plate today just because I was mad at my mom. 
like have some ownership and, and finish your awesome you do potatoes. that during thanksgiving in college with his parents as well so yeah, <laughs> enough yeah i didn't have enough food for me <laughs> uh, but yeah i like i like the word account accountable great word i don't think we're i think in today's society we suck at being accountable to ourselves totally and that we i think we fall short we're very soft yeah on ourselves but then on the flip side we're hard as heck on anyone else yeah and that like if we're like, quick to criticize yeah like it's like you can always you always let yourself slide but the person that um next year like you yeah or like their actions like weren't there yeah and uh and you always like judge people other people on their actions that were like and you judge yourself on your intentions right and some people just shut down because like i said earlier uh as a leader you need to praise in public criticize in private mm -hmm. and some quite a few bosses that i had growing up were very quick to criticize me in front of everyone mm -hmm. and i would shut down and give them as little work ethic as i possibly yeah. could because of that where mm -hmm. had they pulled me into the back room and been like hey man you blah blah, blah i would have buckled up and gone mm -hmm. along for the ride and worked even harder to prove them wrong but uh you just, you cannot criticize in public, especially nowadays. Um, so, yeah. it, it, it never works. But yeah, Rarely is it needed and yeah. rarely is it justified. We, we still live in this like cancel culture <laughs> and that where everyone tries to cancel someone just for not agreeing with something. Which, yeah, it, yeah, you can't have an opinion right now, which is the problem. We can't agree to disagree. Um, yeah which is a lot of the problem, but I've had the same experience. Um, soccer coaches who I, when I played my best, it's because the soccer coach was texting me. How am I doing? Soccer coach was saying, Hey, I want you doing this. And I believe in you that you can do it. And giving, like, like you said earlier, getting to know you on a personal level and showing that they believe in you really makes you better versus my college coach for football. I mean, you guys both know this, you make one mistake and you're like, they hate you. So why would I want to, I mean, I had learned at that point that, Hey, this is something I want to do. So I'm going to overcome it. But yeah, it's looking back at the program. It's like, I don't want I don't want people to go there. Why would I want that? If you don't invest in your people, yeah, they're you, not you may as well find yourself a new job. Yes. Because they're not going to feel wanted. Back. You feel like that. Yeah. Everybody wants to feel that. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Yeah. But yeah, just being able to have those tough conversations whether in a relationship or in your job is just going to take you way farther in life than any other thing. Like I like, like one of my biggest pet peeves is like hearing people get ghosted all the time. I see all over TikTok, over like just relationships in general. Like you, people just can't express how they feel. Rather that's good or bad. People just can't express it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because we all three got ghosted recently in, right. in all honesty. <laughs> but yeah that's what i'm saying that, it's just like me no we i mean we 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 all have in a way yeah so like again like i was telling austin i was telling Austin, i've reached out to five people in the last two or three weeks and that, that i knew we're struggling in a certain way or like i just want to reach out and say like hey how you doing this and that no response five to eight people easy not one responded and i know these are people are going through some some things which is just mind-boggling to me that like i'm reaching out because like I'm just a nice, I, I'm just a nice, generous person. And I like, feel like if I was going through something, I'd want to have that one person reaching out, like knowing that like, I'm still like wanted, needed and have that like human connection. And that, 
but yeah so just like not so it made me it makes me mad like you can't just say one you can't send me a text like hey like i which don't do it right now i don't have i don't I, I not that i don't want to talk but like it's not just, now it's not a good time yeah you just gotta go back to yourself hey how can i communicate better how can i take ownership more how can yeah. i do things better on my end maybe they don't want to talk right now okay exactly. that's fine say hey i understand you don't want to talk right now what can you do again exactly. to make it better and then not only make them feel better but just give yourself some peace hey this is this is not the time right now maybe later type of deal and kind of find some peace with that right yeah but uh, yeah just i just i think just having again like those hard conversations bring so much growth in your life yeah vulnerability is where relationships are grown right and then i feel like people are just scared to be vulnerable which remember remember when this is funny because it's it's kind of vulnerability but kind of not remember when nate first asked his now wife to say hey i'm gonna ask her to be my girlfriend and he, he he told all of us. He put it in the chat. He's like, "I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask her to be my my girlfriend." And then two days later, he's like, "I'm gonna marry this girl." And I just thought I I still think it's funny at this day because, like, my response was, "Who cares? Good for you." But honestly, that's that that takes some vulnerability and some tough questions can get asked. Hey, you're you're gonna deploy here at some point. How is that gonna work? <laughs> In twelve months, you're out the door again. <laughs> how how are you gonna build a relationship when you're gone? And then you're gonna be gone for a long period of time. How are you going to get married in that time? How is this relationship ever gonna work? And if you don't like grow this thing quickly, true grit. Waking up at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning for eleven months straight, calling my fiance telling her I love her and showing her like, Hey, I appreciate you, uh, sacrificing, uh, your time to allow me to deploy and sacrificing bits of our relationship for me to be gone. Not always easy. We had our ups and downs just like any relationship, but, uh, yeah, that was one thing I told myself I was going to do wake my butt up. Every day at 4 a.m. to call back home at 9 a.m. to see how, her, or 9 p.m. to her to see how her day was going. And, and, you, and you took ownership of that because that was important to you and there was a purpose mm-hmm. to it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there were days where I was dog tired and I didn't want to do it. Didn't I didn't call her maybe once a month, maybe once every two months. I wouldn't wake up and call her because I was just so tired. And I wake up and I'd feel horrible. She never once made me feel that way. Not once. She understood, but in, internally I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm better than that. I gotta get up. She's like a reflection piece. Yeah. Cool. I, I would just think of Jocko and and uh, David and how I don't even come close to comparing to them, but maybe if I just wake up earlier than Jocko, I'll somewhat. <laughs> yeah, you're both ahead of me. You get up at 4 o'clock, you get up at 4 o'clock. My fiance gets up at 2.30, and I'm in here waking up at 7. Like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I need my people yeah. sleep. Everybody knows that. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. What, what, what's your – I'm going to be a little personal. What's your love language? Oh, that's a good question. Can I can I ask a question before we get um, on just well, – just... because, because I only ask this because, like, being, being, like, a long distance like that, like, that had to play a huge part into it. 
All right, sure, go with it. Yep, we're good. Because I think, like, that takes a lot of, like, I don't know, yeah, like, I'm going to say, like, just communication, honestly, just be able to, like, because if yours is physical touch, you're not going to have that for... Well, just like most men, yeah, physical touch <laughs> is up is up <laughs> on the charts, but that sure as shit isn't, sure as heck isn't happening, excuse my language, sure as heck isn't happening when yeah. you're... That's why I was curious. Like, uh, it was most certainly just getting to quality time via FaceTime. Getting the, the right. best quality you can get at the certain, cer- or the given the conditions. Cer- yeah, yeah. Certain. So, uh, yeah, like, yes, waking up at four a.m. was not fun, but I knew if I woke up at four and talked to my fiance and then went off to the gym my day was going to be great. Mm-hmm. And I proved myself right on those days where I didn't wake up at four and then I was grumpy all day because I hadn't talked to my fiance yet. And uh, that's what drove me to... That's why. Mm-hmm. That's what drove me to... That was my why. Like my fiance, my now wife, is my why each and every day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And just wanting to, you know, be able to provide a life for her and our future family um even better than what i had growing up i had a great childhood growing up but i want to even do even better my parents gave us everything gave me everything i could have ever asked for and i want to be able to do the same thing for my kids nice um let's go into let's kind of wrap up on that one and on the uh the wife note and the high note there Amen. Uh, let's go to the challenge of the week here. What do we? What do you think would be a good challenge for having ownership in your life? Just a weekly challenge, a couple minutes a day. Y'all are just full of good questions. Um, yes. Okay. Good and tough questions. I like it. I like it. Okay. Something for all of you listeners to do over the next week uh, is a hold yourself accountable. And B would be reflect on what your last day has looked like. On day one, when you start to reflect, I want you to think about the last month and the last week. How did things go? And were there any times that you did not exercise extreme ownership? Did you pass the buck off onto somebody else and the blame onto somebody else? Did you fail to do something and come up with 10 reasons why it was okay in your mind that you didn't do it? That's something you need to think about. So as you do that, whip out that handy dandy uh, notebook you got sitting in the, your bedroom on the bottom shelf that you uh, haven't looked at in months and pick it up and write down what you have done in the last month or week depending on what your time has looked like and how you did not own your actions. And then as each day goes on, those next few days, I want you to see what happened the day before and in the last two days out of the week, you need to sit down and reflect on what you can do to make yourself even better and own your mistakes and own your actions in the future. Awesome. Love it. It's going to be a tough challenge, but a very worthwhile challenge. I will say I, I do it on almost a regular basis. Uh, 
daily basis, I mean to say. Yeah, Almost a daily basis. Uh, my wife and I will sit down and talk about like how things have gone and not just our relationship, but just with work and think, how we can be better. I think that's important. Um, my fiance and I have started doing that, one, especially because like, you were gone. When we get busy, we need a day of, hey, catch up. Like, where are we at right now? Yep. What are our lives at? What do we need? What are we What are we enjoying type of deal? Heck, when we were first engaged, we'd sit down and talk about what our uh, goals were for during our engagement and mm-hmm. what we plan to do better. Yeah. And I would tell anybody to do that. Yeah, we just got a us. book from my mom that has the... I sit down with my fiance and do that, too. Yeah. If anybody out there wants to be Taylor's fiance, <laughs> we're looking. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> Nate, we appreciate you taking the time out of your uh, your day to come chat with us. Um, really gave a lot of good insight, I thought. Taylor, what do you what do you? Yeah, I actually probably have to listen to this again, just yeah. because of I feel like I just need to write down some stuff yeah. that I was Nate talking about. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm excited to do this challenge, and uh, kind of going into our socials. Mine's Taylor T Y L E R dot Patton P A T T E N. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, uh, kitchen table underscore pod. Austin, you can say yours. Yeah, mine is A underscore Earthum, E R R T H U M 17. That's on Instagram, Twitter. Maybe okay. they will tag me in a photo on Instagram. You can click my name and find me. There That'll work easiest. So uh, now that I'm actually on the podcast, I, I get to sign us out. So uh, this is Nate Hager, Taylor Patton, and Austin Earthum. Thank you for listening to the kitchen table podcast <laughs> love it <laughs> love you bye